Grief Stories is not a crisis resource. Please seek support from a qualified professional in your area to meet your unique emotional and medical needs. You are listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard, a social worker with an interest in helping people find hope and healing when someone they love has died. In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today's guest is Kim Doolittle, a musician who's living on the East Coast and who's going to talk to us about music and grief. Welcome to the Grief Stories podcast, Kim. Um, It's great to have you here today to talk about music and grief. Yeah. Yeah. So what we are doing at Grief Stories is we are looking to share information and ideas with people who are grieving and the people who support them about how they can cope with their grief, how they can explore their feelings and express them. And music is one of those really powerful ways to to do that. And so as a musician, I was interested in sharing some conversation with you about the ways that uh, that you feel about music and the power that it has in your life um, as a musician, it's it it's woven right into the fabric of your being. Well, um, it's interesting because right now I'm not playing much of it due to COVID nineteen, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm taking a bit of a reprieve from it because just going through the grief process myself right now with the loss of my father, I haven't been inspired. I, I did some writing this summer. And some playing, but then the last few months, it seems that once you get over the initial shock, it really starts to kick in, right? Mm-hmm. So we all know with grief. Uh, but um, I've been, this is going to sound crazy, but I've been listening to badass rock and roll on the radio and cranking it right up and playing all my old albums. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm, I'm living where I grew up and it's sort of like it's taking me full circle back to when I was younger. So there's sort of that halfway thing where you're really enjoying music because you grew up with it. And it's also taking you back to a time where the people that are now gone are no longer there, but you're, you're there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's interesting. It's like, it's such a twist to the brain. I would say something else, but I don't know how profane I can get. So I'll be a lady thick on this one, but (laughs) <laughs> the bottom line is, <laughs> you know what I mean, because you're like, oh, I'm back with all my old friends, but your parents aren't there any longer, right? So music is healing to me because I just like to hear really something good rock and roll. I mean, I write my own stuff, which is a mix of a lot of things, but I love cranking up the radio or putting my records on, and I have a great stereo system. I don't have internet where I live, <clears throat> so... I'm reading books and listening to music and doing the things we did prior to the digital age, right? And I've used music on different different mediums myself personally as a coping mechanism, of course. Um, musicians are a dichotomy because we play it and then we drive home the uh, radio off and in complete silence. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do, so, yeah. you got to clear your mind after you've been with it for a while. Totally, totally. And, and then you've got to clear your mind before you do it. So... In order to do it, like you've got to concept it, but not necessarily you're not driving your car singing at the top of your lungs, you're just not. So, but I do know that I've seen reaction to some, either words I've written or words other people have written in a crowd where people completely relate to something and you can see it hits them like a sledgehammer, a song, 
a tune. Um, and it's poetry, really, isn't it, in essence? And <laughs> it resonates from a complete stranger's hand and wrote it to someone listening, gracing you with their ear, so to speak. And it is a place for people to go and to... You know, go and feel those things because most of us just deny grief until we can't deny it anymore. So a song might bring it back. It might be a lyric that you've written. I have a song called Some Loves Never Leave, which you've asked me to email you. I really must do that. Uh I apologize. I've been working nonstop. But that song is very much about just coming to terms with the person being gone with the feeling not, right? Yeah. And... Music revolves a lot on grieving, whether it's broken heart or a death or whatever it is. There's a lot of songs written about sadness, right? And the irony is people that perform them don't always exude that, although they feel it. They don't exude it, you know? Yeah. It's the ultimate dichotomy, really. Well, it's interesting to me because I feel like, like right now you're in grief and so you're not really writing about it yet. You're not, you're not in a place of writing about it. That's not, it's not really coming to you, it sounds like, but you're listening to this music that's really powerful for you because it's taking you to a time of your memories. It's, it's music you love, but it also is like visiting the past. Very much so. And a past that's gone. So you're taking part in a past that's gone and people who are gone and sort of all tied in to those times when you were listening to those songs, whether you were a kid in your bedroom or, you know what I mean, sitting at a house party in Nova Scotia where I am. It's it's just, they bring back a lot of trigger a lot for sure. There's no doubt about it. And I did write a song about my father, which I absolutely love, and I'm going to record it, but that was back in in, um the spring prior to his passing, right? And it was about his impending passing coming and trying to wrap my mind around it. And the song was, it's called I Hear You Calling, and it's about a ship that's coming towards shore because he was a Navy man, right? And I love this song. I think it's beautiful. But the fact of the matter is, since his passing, I've not written about his passing, but prior to while trying to anticipate what was coming, I did. How ironic is that? Right. Well, but yeah, I, I mean, right I'm not able. No, not it's able. like it's like there's um there's a time for everything and sometimes the time is to use the writing to explore your feelings or try to express what you're going through and other times you're just you're just trying to soak it in, trying to be, trying to get through it and the writing doesn't come easily, right? It just isn't no, is time for yeah. You're overwhelmed. Like I, I don't buy that BS that you've got to be a tortured soul to be a writer and an artist. I think that's a cop-out, personally, because, you know, if you don't have music work during COVID, then go get a job. You know what I mean? And yep. be a person and have your weekends off until it starts again. Music will come back. Mm-hmm. not gone forever. It never is, right? And uh, as one is on the record phase, the CD phase, the digital phase, the two and eight phase, like it all comes back. It just comes back in a different form, but it's there. Yeah. But people really like the stuff that hits a note and it, like an emotional note within them. They want, even if it makes them cry, they'll go out and buy it. You know what I mean? Well, sometimes when you've written something that makes them cry, it's 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 like a permission to let the, that feeling out, to let the tears flow, you know, and it's, it's like, 
yeah, it's like you said, when you're performing and you can see the song hit people um, and, and when it resonates, you can see the feelings wash over them in the audience, right? Very much so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's so, like that. you know, it's a shared experience in, in a very large way, right? Mm-hmm. And you you might not even know why they're reacting like that, but you can certainly tell when someone's grieving and and. You know, people get a very far away look when something has hit them on a very deep level. And they could be grieving the death of a marriage. It's not necessarily a person, right? <laughs> it could be anything. And um, grief is grief, period. Yep. Loss is loss. Yeah. And no one person's loss is any more than another's, right? So No, yeah. And And the thing about songs is that they have, you know, um, unique meaning for each listener. So when you wrote the song about your dad um, and his dying, that has a particular meaning for you as the as the songwriter. Um, but when a listener takes it, they layer their own meaning onto it. I think. Um, and so oh, very much so. Yeah, and it has that. So it has power for you as you express your feelings and thoughts and try to process what's happening you know, in the spring, and then it will have later when you perform it, it will have um, another impact um, for every listener as they relate it to their unique circumstances, for sure. Totally. And then as you get older, especially once you hit your 50s, you know, armadillo coat is not so thick anymore, right? Because you're just getting older. Like you look at elderly people, extremely prone to emotional outbursts and being upset because they don't have the filter any longer, right? Mm-hmm. And it's no different for artistic people. And then they want to create something that has some meaning, right? And yes. uh, and kind of is some somewhat, for lack of a better word, either autobiographical or teaching people that they're done that bought the t-shirt, right? So Yes. Yeah. Anyway, you slice it, that's how it comes out. And... Um, and, you know, we just do our best to do that. It's, it's how we expose ourselves. You mm-hmm. know. But, you know, music, I've worked in music not just from grief standpoint, but with people who are physically challenged and, and um, people who were mute until they heard music or people who had dementia until they heard music. And so really, if someone's trying to suck it up and be strong, because let's face it, if someone dies on Monday, you're expecting by Wednesday and just be a person Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you're a bag of hammers on the inside it really doesn't people don't care it's like I'm sorry for your loss and then move on or the one thing I've noticed is um the difference between the east coast where I am now and up not necessarily Ontario but an urban center would be a better way of putting it Mm -hmm. is you get a drop on Facebook with a condolence and then that's it you know, whereas uh, down here in a smaller kind of place, people are actually realizing you're not quite 100% yourself, and they quietly go about doing nice little things or showing a gesture, and it's not necessarily even speak of it, right? Yeah. But I always get a kick out of people saying, well, just write a song. Well, it's not just so easy to just write a song. It, it That's a craft. It's not a yeah. spontaneous utterance. <laughs> You know, no, it's not, no, it takes, it's a process. Yeah, yeah, it's a process. It's a and process. The, and sometimes you're not in the space for it. And right now that's the, that's the space that you're in. You're in the space of listening exactly. to rock and roll cranked. Um, 
and and the writing time will come again, but you know, but when and when and how is is uh, yet to be seen. Precisely, and there's no point in rushing it because when people try and rush their grief or they try to bury it, it's going to come up and bite you at some point. You're not getting away from that. It's not going <laughs> to happen, and yep. uh, it's going to hit you at the oddest of times. I find these holidays. I find now it's more profound than it was even back in the spring and summer. You know. Because yeah. you start marking the anniversaries, you start doing all that, and yeah. you know, yeah. well, you're, you're passing more milestones, right? As you go through, you're passing yeah. more milestones, and as you said earlier, the shock is worn off a little bit, and so yeah, and when the shock wears off a little bit, you start feeling a little bit more, um, and and oh. then it, it can get overwhelming at times, even. It sure can, and and for me, music is like my guitars are hanging there. I played them for the first time in two months the other night, um, but. I'm slowly warming up to the thought of actually playing music, but right now I am not able to do it for no reason. No reason, really. I just can't. And that's it. And I'm fine yeah. with it. Right? Yeah. And I also don't think it hurts artistic personalities to have to go get a job, get your weekends off, be a working Joe, just like everybody else. You know what I mean? Get up mm-hmm. in the morning, invest in real life. Because when you start to start writing again, when you get past whatever the hurdle is, and they happen continuously, because your mind really does have to be clear. Even if you're heartbroken, you're clear. You know you're heartbroken, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But yeah. You have to be clear because you can't just make make up lyrics or something that resonates um, cavalierly. It doesn't work like that. It's a process, and every artist has a different one. They just do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. and it's worth waiting until you're you're clear. You might you might dabble a bit here and there in the meantime, but when you're clear, you get your messages come out in the lyrics and and the music comes to you, I think in a different way. Is that uh is that your experience when you're ready and yeah, clear? It's more like channeling like one day you're sitting there strumming an E chord and all of a sudden these lyrics or this riff comes to you and the minute it gets screwed up is when you start thinking about it too much. I mean that. Like mm-hmm. when you just let it flow, write them down. And if the lyrics aren't coming to you after an hour, leave them, get the next morning, look at it, tweak it, go back again. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, you know, we just wind these songs out with no forethought. And then luckily, and the irony is, if you resonate with people, like your songs really hit them, that's great. The reality is most listeners, and this is in no way meant to be disparaging, they want three chords, simple. You know, most people by the end of the week just want to be entertained, right? Yeah. So there's a difference between those looking for entertainment and those looking for stories. There really is. Mm-hmm. People who mm-hmm. are songwriters are looking for stories that they can relate to. And people who just entertain want to throw it down on Friday night and be entertained. And that's fine. Whatever floats float, yep. right? Yeah, well, either way, music music can be healing either way because sometimes you need that escape yeah. with the with the 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 throwdown tunes, and other times you need the stories because the stories reflect and allow you to to take your own emotional journey with the song or the singer, right? And um, yeah, that uh, that process it strikes me that um, all of it is a lot like 
just grief in general in terms of the the strong the songwriting process and the, and then performing it you, you have these elements of uh, you can't rush it you have to just do it at its own time no. in its own way it's going to come and it touches everybody yep. and but it touches everybody differently and it's kind of like you know I get that initial and you woohoo right and then yeah. the time comes to really get to know somebody and you know you have a big fight and then you make up and it becomes a better thing as a result of having maybe a few words you know what i'm saying it's, yeah. it's really no different like you try try and rush the process there's no basement to the to the house you know yeah. there's none yeah unless yeah. you look out and you really write a cartoon just because you were having fun and that happens too but but the grieving process, if you're going to go there with a loss of something, whatever the loss is, like, you got to go there. You can't go around that stuff, right? You can't. Yeah. yeah. And, nope. uh, and, it's, and it takes its own time and its own pace um, uh, with each person. There's no, there's no right way or right speed to go through it. Exactly. And so, you know, like, for me, like I said, just reconnecting with my record albums and going... Cranking my stereo up like I did the other night. Walls were shaking in my place. Good thing that I live on 140 acres. I had the guitar cranked. Um, <laughs> you know, I had a couple glasses of wine, too, as you can imagine. But the reality is, I just wanted it to be That's what I had. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, and you get that. Yeah. 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 And music, music can take you where you want to go. It can take you... It can take you where you need to go sometimes, too. Look at, and, uh, I mean, obviously, you and I met through Shout Sisters, and that was a, in the spirit of a bunch of women getting together and just having a ton of fun singing songs. That's and right. not a one of those women was intending to become, a, uh, you know, Celine Dion. Um, they just wanted to sing. And whether they could sing well or sing okay or sing short all right, it really didn't matter. But collectively, but, you know, when there was a good night singing, it was a really good night. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I really so that, that reminded me of what it was like to just want to play music for the sake of music, not as a career. Whenever I was that Monday night, because mm-hmm. when it was when it was really popping, it was popping. And yeah. um, and then when it was done in front of people, it might be a retirement home or, or, you know, a thing in Millennium Park and people were loving it. Everybody was elated. Right. Yeah. So there's the there's the. um commonality is that the spirit you bring to it so if you're going to do a song uh, grieving which i'm going to one day record that song i wrote i absolutely know that mm-hmm. it's going to be i'll be a year and a half ahead of it by the time it comes out yeah yeah and then i'll be prepared and that's, to sing it that's right because not. yeah when you're when you when you're ready to perform it you want to be able to be in that place where you can you can perform it the way you want to perform it and not be overcome with that emotion while you're trying to mm. to share it with the world right um Precise. and and uh, yeah and i just want to say like yeah that there's there it sounds also t- to me like there's this this individual process for the musician for the singer and songwriter um as you both as you listen to music and then write and perform it but then there's also this collective experience of music and and shout sister really exemplifies that in that it brings people together for the sheer joy of emotional expression through music right and exactly and 
that being together with music as the focus and the core, right? And similar with performers, um, uh, although I don't think it's quite the same when just all the people in the front rows sing with you as it is when the choir sings, but it's probably oh, pretty yeah. cool too. <laughs> yeah, they are. When some people are, are singing your own songs, it's the ultimate compliment, right? And um, mm. or playing them or whatever, and um, yeah. it is the ultimate compliment because they have a lot to choose from, right? But yeah. I really want at this point in time to really um, write things that people, well, maybe even for my age group. I mean, I'm in my 50s now and I have a lot to say. And, you know, this phase is like going back to being 18 again because your house of parental or whatever and your maybe sibling is gone, which is the case with me or others, it brings you right back to that place you were before you set off to find your life as an artist which you did right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you're right back at the beginning and you realize it all freaking started there and it all pulls from there always no matter how many years go by no matter how many you have it doesn't matter right it's it all drawn matter. it's all drawn from your inner well from your heart Right. And and uh, yep. and all that you've lived and that the power of music to draw the emotions, to let the emotions flow and be out there and to share that and and to increase the human connection is really healing as well. Well, you know, it's symbiotic without the audience like look at COVID-19. Um, you came to a show I did in September. And I enjoyed myself, but I'll tell you something. I was rusty. I hadn't sung in seven like to any great degree mm-hmm. and um it was i was quite overwhelmed by all the people that showed up it was fabulous and mm-hmm. the venue was beautiful and the sun i mean everything about it couldn't have been any more perfect really could have been a little warmer yeah. but that's about it yeah um but then for me the hardest part was people wanted to come out and talk to me and i couldn't because of this yeah. i had to, to keep a distance and yes. uh that's not the way I like to work with an audience. I like to be a part of them, right? And so for me, that gig was fun, and I got to play with my friends, and the band rocked, but the other half was missing, and I thought, I don't want to do it like that. Like yeah. That, to me, is just half of it is gone, like the... Energy. Yeah, the inter- the interaction around the music, the, the music and the interaction around the music is 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 uh, is what you're there for, and I will say that yeah. uh, from from my chair, I can tell you were rusty at all. I thought you sounded great, so there's no, that. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Well, Rob and I were both talking about. It. He goes, "Oh my God, I, I do you feel like you're rusty." I said, "Oh man, I feel like yeah. the Tin Man." That's what I told him. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, me too." He said, "Because um, we played three, four nights a week and." We're all into our 50s and we're into our fifth decade as musicians. And it's like we're used to flexing that muscle with people, with performers all the time. Mm-hmm. And now we can't. And it's yeah. quite an adjustment. I don't mind telling you. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I'm interested yeah. to hear some of the music that's going to come out of that adjustment because it seems to me that that music is often the way that we that we tell about our world and our experiences in it, including grief and all the other things that come along with, you know, the upheaval that we faced in this last year. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I, I'm really hoping the one thing you want to talk about grief, like grieving the, the freedom that we just took for granted, right? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm really hoping people take that lesson because there's so much divisiveness about it. And it's like, put the mask on and let's get this done and get on with it, you know, and whether you yeah. agree or don't agree, give it a go. And, and it's, and the death toll where it's like, well, it's not that high of a death toll. Well, it would be if it was someone you loved, that's for sure. And uh, it's so, true, right? That, that yeah, the connection. The denial factor in it just blows my mind because people are dying from this and families are being decimated and people are losing their spouses and it's not a lightweight thing and it really bothers me. What more can I say than that, right? Yeah, yeah. And the longer yeah. we keep avoiding it, the, the more it's hanging around and I find it a frustration, really. Like some of the dialogue that's come up regarding it. It's like, this is obviously happening. So can we just roll with it and do what we can and see if, at least if nothing else, see if it works, right? Mm-hmm. And well, the other and, and that's your, that's your, your approach as, you know, you want to, you want to bring everybody together. You want people to be happy and, and join together and, and, and uh, comfortable and safe. And, as a musician who wants an audience, um, that can't happen until people start collaborating and we move through this into a cycle where we're safe again to gather. And so it's, it's hard to see people doing things that seem to be inhibiting our gathering because it stops us from getting together again to share music live and, uh, and all of the benefits it gives us as we, as we, uh, as we live our lives. Well, everybody wins, right? Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening? I mean, and really, I mean, okay, it's on a pause, and I know for myself, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing some things in the new year via YouTube, twice a month. I'm not gonna overdo it. I'm gonna eke a few things out there once they're developed to my liking. But I uh, have to have a qualitative thing if I'm gonna put it out there because that's my kind of my jam, and mm-hmm. I need to know that if I'm putting it out there, it's being presented in a way that the audience see i want it to be halfway i want it to be really mm. good and uh, yeah because they deserve it i have people who've been coming to see me 40 years you know they yeah. deserve it you got to keep on improving and you've got to keep on upping the ante and and there's to be said at this time like people talk about ageism and there is ageism in this industry but the matter is if you keep going at this time you really do have something to contribute in a big way so yeah. You know, let's just hope. I mean, I don't know what post-COVID is going to look like. And frankly, I don't try to assume what I don't know, right? Yep. I just know that what is percolating in my head is going to turn into some powerful music. I do know that. And mm-hmm. hopefully it will resonate with people as it's been doing all this time, right? Mm-hmm. It's personal. It has to be, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing. And I think that's the thing that connects music um, with grief and with so many of our other emotions is that it's deeply personal. And you find artists whose message and methods and styles really resonate and you embrace that. And um, and it allows non-musicians, people who are, you know, audiences and, and appreciators of music, it allows them to 
have a vehicle for their own emotional expression. Um, just, I mean, it allows the the songwriters and singers and performers to have an, a vehicle for expression too. Um, but then it just spreads out and connects so many more people as it gets shared. And 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 that's that helps us move through powerful emotions like grief and and all the other things that come in life. And, well, uh, look at Tears yeah. in Heaven by Eric Clapton. There's a perfect example of a song that resonated hugely with people. He yeah. became a human being once he recorded that song to the individuals. They knew he lost his child, right? Yeah. Or you look at the song like um, uh, Superstar, which was actually written about Eric Clapton, by the way, by Bonnie Bramlett. But she's mourning the loss of her relationship with him. Don't you remember you told me about me, baby? That one? Mm-hmm. Great song. <laughs> It's a killer song. And uh, it's all about, you know, how she felt madly in love and it turned out it didn't work out. Now she's mourning it. And it's just a different kind of loss, but it's still loss, you know. Yeah, it is, yeah. and and then and the music allows it allows it to flow. And when when the feelings flow, then then we we can get through them. We can figure out mm-hmm. ways to carry them. And some of the ways we can carry them is in the stories and the songs. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Well, I uh, I'm really grateful for you taking the time to talk to us um, about oh, music pleasure. and grief and the power and and. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope that all the rock and roll music and uh, your your uh, trip down memory lane and and uh, all of that is is helping you heal uh, and do some of the work you need to do so that the music you're going to create uh, can come to us in its own form when it's ready. It will over the next year or so. It's going to be coming, and it's already percolating. I know my physical and mental being when it's that's happening and I just never ever force it you know I just yeah. let it come when it comes and and uh it's, I think it's going to be a complete reinvention if you really want to know the truth and mm-hmm. uh I'm quite sure it will be actually and that's okay yeah you know, that's everything. well there's a time for reinvention and uh and uh a, you know a reset and and if anything a year like this year might be a time for that so it might be just the the, the next thing um yeah we keep shedding our skin until our our skin sheds us you know what i mean when it's over it's over and uh the bottom line is you know you have to just i don't care what job you're doing or what your profession is you reinvent 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 that's what happens the more you learn the more you reinvent right yes or you take in yeah and uh yeah so i'm interested to see what's going to come to i don't know (laughs) i've got a few ideas so we'll see. I'm thinking I'm going to tr- start approaching it around 2021. This year's just taken way too much out of me, quite frankly. Yep. That's this this year we're just trying to cross the finish line, aren't we all? Right. Oh, just treading water. That's all yeah. you can do. Yeah. That's all you can do. Yeah. That's right. And and until the current shifts, and hopefully in 21, uh, 21, it'll it'll shift in a in a good way for so many of us who've been uh, struggling this year. It'll start to. Don't worry. It will. Yep. It's just what, what it's going to manifest into. Yeah. And we'll just keep rolling with it, right? That's, That's you... right. Rocking and rolling with it. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's been great. You're singing, you're singing with a choir or whatever the incarnation is going to be in person with live people you can have fun with sooner rather than later. 
and doing your own music, of course, as you know you do. You're developing that, and I'll be doing the same. That's yeah. Really- yeah, I'm having a little bit of I'm having a little bit of fun learning about it and seeing what comes up. Yep. It's it's been cool. Um, yeah. All right. I will uh, say thank you so much for joining us today to talk about uh, music and grief and the power of music for healing and 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 just yeah, how you. much music and grief have in common in terms of oh. you know letting them come and letting them be and and being with them. So. Yeah. For sure, it's part of life, right? Yeah. You don't know the good if you don't know the sad. So it's all good. You know, it just, you yeah. figure all this stuff out as we go, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, well thank thanks you for Tim. the ask. I appreciate it. And when I'm in Ontario, I'll be letting you know. Don't Wonderful. Uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. And I'm looking forward to hearing that song you wrote in the spring when you're ready one day, too. <laughs> oh, you will. Don't yeah. worry. All right. Ooh, okay. Thanks. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing.